God communicating to your soul that in order to find true happiness and freedom, you will need to change everything about your inward being. How would you respond? Would you be willing to take on a new life with God? Or would you continue doing things your way, regardless of God's instructions? I evaluate myself with these kinds of questions. I evaluate my willingness and productivity daily. I believe we must bring these questions into our consciousness to ensure we are committed with heart, mind, attitude, and action to grow with God's righteousness. Growing and improving has nothing to do with coasting or going through motions. In order to transform our faith, we need to transform our understanding and beliefs. We need to shape our thinking progressively to witness and experience God's righteousness so we can know it inwardly. We must begin each day humbling ourselves with a serving attitude to do God's will through prayer and reflection. We can pray for humility and willingness. Prayer may be best with sincere truth. Praying without giving full attention with our heart, mind, and spirit can miss the mark. We can ask God for guidance to do God's will with sincere dedication. Think about what God's will is. Imagine how to act and speak in order to grow in it. Then we can think ahead about how we can practice righteousness with others. We can reflect upon God's character and begin contemplating how we can practice such character in our thoughts, attitude, choices, words, and actions. We must remind ourselves that we cannot grow with God and hold on to our current state of being. We are to give ourselves over to be changed and renewed. Our thinking and behaving will be changing as we grow. We are to progressively let go of our current identity to adopt a new identity, growing in God's righteousness. There are three inward qualities we can pray for continuously to help shape our inward being. Humility, willingness, and sincere truth. 2 Kings 22.19 and 2 Chronicles 34.27 in the NIV says, Because your heart was responsive and you humbled yourself. Notice the word because. Think about what that means. What does the word because mean? It's similar to the statement, because you worked, you will get paid. Our choices which shape our attitude influences spiritual consequences. Thoughts which stimulate selfish pride are spiritually destructive. Thoughts which create a humble and sincere readiness to serve God can stimulate spiritual fruit. Here is a thought that can be very helpful in our spiritual walk. It goes like this, not my will but yours be done. If we can say, pray, and sincerely position ourselves inwardly to mean this statement each day, it can help us grow more into God's righteousness. We can also quietly request to God with full sincerity guidance on how to act better with God's righteousness. Then pray for strength to act upon that guidance. Romans 12.3 in the NIV for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment, in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. At BibleHub.com, it defines sober as to be of sound mind, 
to be temperate. This means clarity and calm in thought or at peace. That means not hurried, worried, angry, excited, anxious, depressed, or fearful. The goal is to think calmly, patiently, and peacefully whenever possible. In the New King James Version, James 4, 6, But he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So, first of all, it says more grace. That means there's we can grow in grace. Uh, second of all, there's a certain quality that gets grace, a quality of character, and that's humility. So, if we grow in humility, we can grow in grace. I humbled myself when I began going to 12-step meetings. I humbled myself to do many things I did not want to do. Here is a very brief list of things I did which I did not want to do. Show up. Show up early. Talk to people. Read. Read out loud. Say something with the group. Get a home group. Get a sponsor. Do the steps. Get a service commitment. Show up and do service commitment. Wash ashtrays. Pick up cigarette butts. Ask for help. Call for help. Pray. Pray sincerely. Talk about my fear and resentments on a continuous basis. There's a lot that was done. There are thousands of things I have done over the years because I know those things are part of God's righteousness and spiritual productivity. I've done it for so long and so many times it is somewhat normal to me. But I want to be clear that for every good I have done, there is even more evil I continue to obey and battle. I have progressively said no to evil and yes to God's righteousness. For me, evil is present all day long. Temptation is continuously knocking at the door, and sometimes it wins. It takes perseverance each day for me to stay focused. I will not grow with God if I am not stepping up to the struggle. There is enough selfish pride, fear, and other forms of evil existing within my beliefs to ensure I will always be needing more development with God's righteousness. Slowing down and thinking deeper to widen my focus and see more around me improves my ability to sense spiritual good. When I'm rushed and multitasking, I reduce my mental ability to present spiritually with compassion. Growing with God involves growing with peace. Slowing down can also be humbling. When we are driving, we can let other cars go ahead of us and even drive the speed limit. When we are at meetings or church, we can give other people our seat. We can practice helping others move ahead of us. These simple, humble acts can feed us spiritual good if we sincerely give ourselves over to them. A quick concordance search in the Bible with the word slow will highlight that we are to be slow to anger. Anger is a response that develops from a perceived threat. When life is not going the way we want, we can become angry. When traffic is too slow, bills are too high, and relationships seem unfair, we might respond with anger. Yet we are to be slow to anger. We are to think less of ourselves, our self-importance. We are to have a higher level of tolerance to things not going our way. Thy will, not mine, be done. We are to seek God and wait. We are to choose to obey God's instructions over our own ideas. We must read, understand, learn, and practice doing more of God's righteousness and learn from the experiences. 
Choosing God's ways will require a sense of humility, slowing down, pausing, and waiting. We will need a practice of thinking to ourselves to slow down, be calm, and walk patiently. Proverbs 3, 5-6 Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. Proverbs 23, 4 do not overwork to be rich. Because of your own understanding, cease. It can be helpful to ensure our goals are to live a balanced and unhurried life. Because God's righteousness is rich with love and compassion, we will need to develop more sincere connection with others. 1 Peter 5-6 through Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time. We can humble ourselves through honestly seeing how God's righteousness is best and how defective we are outside of that righteousness. We will need to be willing to search our souls or life for our spiritual productivity. We will need to evaluate and correct our thoughts, words, attitudes, and beliefs and actions. We will need to understand how our inward choices have affected others and our relationships. So let's talk about another quality, willingness and readiness. John 5, 39-44 You search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and these are they which testify of me. But you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. I do not receive honor from men, but I know you, that you do not have the love of God in you. I have come in my Father's name, and you do not receive me. If another man comes in his own name, him you will receive. How can you believe who receive honor from one another and do not seek the honor that comes from the only God? Most of my life involves selfish pride and defensiveness. These protected me from violent people in my youth, or seemed to anyways. And when I got sober, I had to choose better relationships. I still practiced selfish pride and defensiveness. No one taught me how to love and be humble, how to have compassion and seek peace. I had to learn on my own how to grow in it. I had to be willing to come to love so I may have life. An empty heart is no way to live. The only way to fill my heart is to learn to love. The only way to learn to love is to do it. Jesus teaches us to make this a priority. And I believe that if I do not make this a priority, then God is not a priority to me. I had to choose to resist how I learned to live my life while practicing ways contrary to my understanding. Please watch the video on YouTube called The Backwards Brain Bicycle. It is a great example of what we can go through to learn a behavior contrary to our understanding. Please pay attention to the willingness and dedication this person used to change. Are we willing to seek the honor that comes from God? Are we willing to obey God's righteousness in order to receive such honor? 
Are we willing to trust God's directions, even though they may not fit with our own understanding? 1 Corinthians 9.17-18 For if I do this willingly, I have a reward. But if against my will, I have been entrusted with a stewardship, what is my reward then, that when I preach the gospel, I may present the gospel of Christ without charge, that I may not abuse my authority? In the gospel. The difference between freely giving and stewardship has to do with purpose and motivation. When I am paid to help others, I am helping them out of stewardship. I may also practice sincerity and have compassion, but it is still primarily done out of stewardship. I've met a lot of people who love their job, who are great at it, uh, and a lot of them, they don't show up when they're not paid to be there. That could be a good example. There is a tradition in 12-step programs designed to protect against this potential problem. The traditions are to help guide spiritual principles. Tradition 2's short form states, For our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Spiritual assistance is to be given freely as a servant, a servant of God. No one in the group is to receive any form of payment for their services. Our serving each other is to be done freely. Service is to be done because it is God's will. The steps are guides to receive a spiritual experience. We can receive spiritual rewards for our service. There is a significant meaning and purpose behind this principle. We must learn the spiritual meaning of this principle through doing it. We must be willing to freely give of ourselves to help others through love, peace, forgiveness, mercy, truth, justice, patience, kindness, gentleness, and faithfulness, all working together. 2 Corinthians 8, 8-15, New King James Version, describes how we are to give to each other and receive from each other through willingness and readiness. 1 Timothy 6.18 Let them do good, that they may be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share. 1 Peter 5.2 Shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly. We must be willing to endure hardships, 2 Timothy 2.12 If we endure, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. I believe denying God is just simply not doing what God says to ignore God's instructions or put it off. Hebrews 6.15 And so, after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Our growth is to show willingness and endurance. Our choosing to participate increasingly in God's righteousness will often involve doing things we would rather not do. It can be uncomfortable during the development period, yet afterwards it can bring peace and spiritual freedom. Let's humble ourselves and choose to willingly serve God. When we are humble and willing, we will need to guide our thoughts toward truth in order to grow in truth. Since inward individual truth, or our belief, is impacted by our own perceptions 
and what we decide to be true. We will need to validate our understanding. The more thorough we are with verifying and validating our understanding and learning, the more we can experience truth. I have on my agenda to create a podcast about improving discernment and objectivity. Please listen to all my podcasts because information on how to do such things will come in bits and pieces. For now, I highly recommend learning online about how to think more objectively and discuss it with others. Each day we ought to assess ourselves for our own misunderstandings. Growing in truth is to eliminate error and do right. For us, God is right, and we are to eliminate how we are out of alignment with God's righteousness. When the goal is for us to pray every day and we don't, there may be some misunderstanding within our thinking or beliefs. Our own faith is the problem. If our faith is not as strong as Abraham's, then we have room for improvement. And our faith is a product of how we perceive things. We each decide what is good or true for us each day. We can think more cautiously about such choices and bring God's interests into how we judge what is right or true for ourselves. Growing faith will require self-discipline within our thinking and perceiving. When we convince ourselves to continue in ungodly behavior or to participate in it, we are following a misunderstanding. It's misunderstanding because it is not with God's righteousness. God is the true or righteous way. Making connections has been a gradual growing experience for me. My mind was trained and filled with unrighteousness. I never experienced anyone who woke up the next day and turned into a perfect righteous servant of God. Instead, I have experienced hundreds of people over the years who decided to dedicate themselves to God, having serious struggles and failures along the way. Many in my experience do not completely give themselves over to God continually for a decade. Instead, it often develops into a coming to serve God when life becomes too uncomfortable. Deception exists deep within our physical bodies. When the body is trained to do something and then does that action over many years, it does not easily forget and seeks to repeat it. Even when we decide deep within our hearts we are going to change, our bodies will seek to do the opposite of what we desire. The inward training that we have deeply within our minds does not care about our new decision to do things differently. We must identify this truth, acknowledge it, and bring it to light with humble confession. We must face the reality of our condition. There is an old saying in meetings, secrets kill. The truth we are to focus upon is the truth that can save souls. We are to discern carefully our spiritual growth and struggles. Then discuss them with others who are also doing this journey. 2 Thessalonians 2, 9-10 The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan, with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth, that they might be saved. It says, receive the love of of the truth that they might be saved. My life was busy. I had a lot going on with work, God, church, service, commitments, marriage, and the house. My mind was constantly full of activity. It was easy to hear information and then forget what was just explained to me. I had to practice holding on to spiritual guiding messages. 
I had to freeze my mind from distracting thoughts and zoom in on messages that told me to change. I had to respect, appreciate, value, prioritize, and love truth that was trying to correct my soul. If my soul was to be saved, I needed to follow correction. And I knew I had to increase my mental focus upon corrective truth enough to promote new action toward it. God's truth is convicting when it is received inwardly. We need to decide it is true for ourselves. Jesus spoke masterfully about the Bible and demonstrated it. Jesus was all about living right with God. Jesus did not fit in with the world and did not desire to fit in with the world. Jesus desired all people to fit in with God and God's righteousness. We ought to discern God's righteous truth and live more with increasing love toward peace. We must truthfully grow in our ability to be at peace in all things. And this will often require a lot of new training. I married a woman who is just as stubborn as I am. I wanted our marriage to follow a system I believed in, and she wanted it to follow a system she believed in. Our systems were very different. We were both introverts and unskilled with peace. We had many similarities. We, were, we both had pride, impatience, fear, resentments, and were quick to assume things about each other. We struggled. There is an old saying in meetings, if you want to find your character defects, get into a relationship. When proud people believe in their understanding and methods, they can be slow to adopt new ones. And we were slow to adopt new ones. One principle I learned in my development was to keep the focus of correction more toward myself. My wife has many character defects and I wanted to judge a relationship based upon her character. I wanted to blame her, but the righteous spiritual principles would highlight the need for me to look at my part. And when I removed her part from the picture and only looked at my character, I easily knew I needed improvement. When I am in a system with others and I see how I need to improve, my mind will evaluate others to see if they are changing. And when I understand no one else is changing, a question develops in my mind saying, Why should I? Why should I do it if no one else is doing it? Why should I change if my wife isn't changing? This question is prompting me away from growing with God and experiencing a better salvation. If I choose to believe and follow that thinking, I have been successful sometimes with shaking off that thought and doing things no one else seems to be doing. It's not easy. It's so much easier to fit in with the crowd and go with the flow than to pave another path into God's truth. But this process has brought much more fulfillment into my life. Accepting corrective truth and paving this new path keeps me free from much grief, anxiety, anger, depression, and negativity. I can feel alone at times, but far less than I would if I had followed the crowd. Being right with God is to feel right and to be content in all things. Speaking sincere inward truth with others has helped with suffering of loneliness. And following God through corrective truth in this manner has removed feelings of emptiness and spiritual bankruptcy. I no longer feel like a zombie in a dead system. I feel so much more alive and productive. Back to my marriage. 
when I committed to improve my character through corrective truth, focusing on myself, my wife responded in good ways. As I became more patient, her character improved. As I clarified my assumptions, our understanding and communication grew. It is a very difficult thing to sit with someone who resents me and is quick to attack and do so with patience, humility, and self-control. But I knew this needed to be done. I did not want to do it, but if my relationship was to improve, I had to do it. I had to be the one to step up for God's righteousness in our marriage. Waiting for her to change was not working. I had to be the one to walk more correctly with God's goodness, to begin demonstrating God's righteousness in our marriage. It's like standing up for God's principles in our relationship. And as I did, our relationship improved. This took years to grow and develop. I had to speak a lot of corrective truth about her behavior and mine. I knew we both had to face corrective truth. Our interactions, or lack thereof, needed God's corrective truth. And my growth, as always, came in spurts. When I am off the corrective path, she helps me. But before she came on board, she had to be convinced. And to be convinced, I had to do it for a while. I had to prove it wasn't just a one-time thing. I had to show that I was going to stay changed and continue. It really is a beautiful thing to experience growing with God with another person. It takes a lot of investment, but it fills the soul in incredible ways. I learned when I grow in God's righteousness, just about all my relationships improve. But I have to choose to commit to make corrections with my character despite what anyone else is doing or has done or problems life is bringing me. No excuses. Just grow in God's righteous ways. Each day we will need to practice humbling ourselves. We will need the willingness and readiness to step into God's corrective truth. We will need to choose to believe we can grow more correctly with God. And that is good. Remember, this is the first thing we ought to seek. See Matthew 6.33 Thank you and God bless.